Hello, it's Peter Wright and Kathleen Beauvais in Ontario, Canada, with episode number 166 of The Yacking Show. This is the show to awaken you to new perspectives to help you better navigate and survive the changing world we're living in, and it's certainly changing as we speak. So, as always, we have interesting guests, but it's not my job to introduce guests. Kathleen does it a lot better than I do. First, welcome, Kathleen. How are we doing today? I'm doing great, Peter. Thank you so much. And thank you also very much for tuning into our show. We so appreciate you and we love reading your comments. So please keep those coming. And if anyone out there is interested in being a guest on our show, please don't hesitate to reach out to either Peter or myself. And as Peter mentioned, we do have another special guest with us today. Her name is Margaret High. She's an author and she's the owner of Just In Case which helps people set up their testamentary wishes. So this is going to be a very interesting show for anyone out there contemplating uh, preparing wills or powers of attorneys, loads of information here. So welcome, Margaret. How are you today? Oh, thank you very much for having me on the show. I'm great today. Oh, wonderful. So Margaret, for the sake of our audience, can you give us a little bit about your background and how it is that you came to set up Just In Case? Wow, it, uh, well, I'm not, I don't have any legal background. Um, the reason why I did start this was because of my own personal experience. Um, I would think it was about 2012, my mother had a stroke. She was in her 90s, uh, just celebrated a birthday and everything was doing well for her. Like her, her um, you know, she, she was okay as far as her uh, physical and everything was concerned. Um, she had her own apartment. She had a trailer, so she was camping a lot. So, uh, you know, we, we didn't expect her to get ill. But what happened was um, she had a stroke. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was while she was camping. I was at, her, I was at the trailer because mine was kind of kitty corner across from hers. She was supposed to come for lunch, didn't show up. So I went to see if she was okay. Found her kind of slumped over, and automatically I knew something serious was going on. So we called the ambulance and we ended up in emergency hospital. That was the beginning of a horrific time. And if anybody can relate and having somebody you love, a parent or a loved one in an emergency hospital, it's a very chaos and confusing and stressful time. So they were working on my mother. Um, while they were working on my mother, they were barking orders, you know, do this, do that. And then the nurse kept asking me questions like, uh, uh, what medication is she on? Does she have a DNR? Uh, are you the power of attorney? And, and you know, your mind is kind of racing. And I, yes, I'm the power of attorney. And uh, yes, I bought her medications with me. So thank goodness I thought of that at the time. And DNR, we never really talked about. Do not resuscitate is what it is. And when somebody is, I guess, of a certain age, um, that's something that they should discuss, but we never did. They explained to me at the time that because of her age, if we had to resuscitate her, it would cause more harm than good because apparently they, they do a lot of internal damage and whatnot when they try to bring somebody back. So thank goodness we didn't have to go that route, but I'm sure some people might have to make that decision and it's, it's not an easy one to make. So the doctor informed us that her uh, stroke was very severe. And again, because of her age, she may not make it through. 
to maybe go and get things put in order. And I knew what that meant. So I had to go back to her apartment and try and find a copy of her will and power of attorney. I knew she had it. I was with her years prior when she, uh, when we got it done. So huh, it was crazy. Couldn't find it anywhere in her apartment. We wasted so much time and energy trying to find it. Couldn't find a copy of her will and power of attorney anywhere. Added more stress. Um, to make a long story short, what happened there was she probably misplaced it over the years. And apparently the lawyer that did up the original will and power of attorney had passed away. And I couldn't find who took over his practice. Again, more stress. What do I do now? Uh, oh my goodness. She did survive the stroke. Um, she ended up paralyzed on her left side and eventually ended up in long-term care. At that time, we had to get another will and power of attorney done, which added extra expense. Thank goodness that she could write her name. Mm -hmm. And thank goodness that she did have her senses about it. Because that's what got me thinking. It's like, hmm, gee, what if she had a past and we didn't have it done? What if she couldn't sign her name? What if the stroke had affected her uh, sense, you know, that she didn't know what to do or, or anything like that. So it was all those things that came to mind was like, oh my gosh, you know, I have to, I'm sure other people go through things like this, go through the loved one being in the hospital. And maybe some people might have Alzheimer's and they can't do that. So I kind of, um, it made it, it made my mission to try and reach as many people possible to at least get something done. And that's where it started. I, I started with a book and then it ended up, you know what, maybe you should make things a lot easier for people by doing the whole thing for them. Mm -hmm. So that's where I started on that. I, out, of that curiosity, <laughs> out of curiosity, Margaret, you said that when she went into a long-term care facility, you needed to do another will. Yes. Why was that necessary? Well, the first one we, we didn't have. So in order to um, do things like, for instance, if say for instance, somebody passes away in Ontario without a will, power of attorney, they call it intestacy. So what happens there is uh, the Ontario Succession Law Reform Act will make a decision who takes care of your stuff. Who distributes oh, it? I thought, so if you don't I'm have sorry. a will. I, I thought she had a will. No. Well, she did at one time, but we couldn't find it because I, the lawyer had the original copy and oh. I think she misplaced mm. it. Okay. So we couldn't find it. Oh. And uh, so that kind of, uh, then we had to get another one done just to, to make everything as legal as we can. But yeah, that, that was a lot of stress and hard work to get that done. <laughs> Wow. So, so, Margaret, you've explained very well with your example why, why it's so important for mm -hmm. people to have a will and to have a power of attorney, but equally why it's so important that whoever's going to look after the estate uh, knows where those documents are. You know, uh, I was really uh, lucky. My, my mother died soon after she got to 90 and she lived in England and I was here. But on my last visit, two weeks before she died, she said, that's where all my documents are, in that drawer. So you don't have to mess about. You just go to that drawer. If you're not here, your brother or my niece. And she had everything, all her bank account numbers, 
carpets, everything prepared in that drawer. So for us, it was really lucky. So, but thank you for that. Uh, I, I experienced the, the better side than you did by being able to find the documents. So well done. And back to Kathleen. How did it make you feel knowing that everything was done? Oh, well, she told me that on my last visit. And she also said to me, uh, you've got to promise me you're not going to waste money coming all the way across the ocean just to put me in the ground. And I said, no, I won't do that. <laughs> so, but um, yes, just knowing that it was organized and she didn't leave a lot of headaches. Uh, you know, the sad thing, and, and, and this is worth mentioning from a human interest angle, she'd also been compiling a list of people to phone and tell when she died, right? And she looked 90. And when it came to that, and my brother asked me to do some of the phones, calls and letter writing, I would say two thirds of that list had already been crossed off because they died before her. So isn't that uh, quite a shock when you think about it? So, mm -hmm. but I'm sure, I'm sure you deal with that. Uh, you're going to tell us how you deal with that with your clients as well. So that's enough from me. Back to Kathleen. <laughs> well, um, you were touching on this um, when I asked you the question about your mother and, and having a new will. So why is it so important for people to have a will and a power of attorney? Well, again, it's important because for the fact of if you don't have it, then strangers will come in and make the decisions for you. Mm -hmm. And I personally, I don't want strangers to come in uh, from the uh, Law Reform Act to make those decisions. Maybe uh, you want to leave something to your family members, to your grandchildren, to your uh, church or to whatever. And if it's not down in writing, but it's not in a will, it doesn't necessarily get done. And if somebody comes in from the outside to make those decisions for you, that may not get done the way you want it either. And I mean, like there's another issue too. If you're in a common law relationship and you don't have a will, you're, no matter how many years you're together, your spouse doesn't get anything. And you can Google that. That's online. Like it's, it strictly says the common law do not inherit under the Succession Law Reform Act. They do not inherit anything automatically. So, you know, it's important to get things down. If you want to leave something to somebody, get it in writing, put it in a will. Um, you know, it, it's just protecting you and your family, actually. Mm -hmm. So how, how can you sensitively persuade an elderly relative to prepare a will and, and, that is and ask for the hardest. Yes, I'm... <laughs> I'm, I'm noticing that with some family relatives right now, um, just to bring it up. Um, it's, it's, it's a, it's a little bit of a challenge because I, I know, notice that they tend to get very defensive. They don't want to share. They think this is personal information. It's none of your business. So I find, yeah. Any, any advice there? <laughs> oh my gosh. That's one thing I've been fighting with for so many years to, with this just in case kit. Uh, family members don't want to talk about it. Just their mind automatically goes back to dying and passing away. And they don't want to think about that. Well, mm -hmm. you know what? We're not going to leave this world alive. We all are going to pass away. We all are going to get ill. Something is going to happen. And the thing is, I think my thing is to say to them, like, your family needs to know. Your family needs to know if you've got things taken care of. Because it's so stressful on them if they don't. And I mean, it's not just about elderly people as well. It's young mm -hmm. people with families, with assets, you know, with a business, with whatever. It's everybody. And I, I can't stress enough how stressful it is for family members 
when nothing is done and nothing is put in writing. And they have enough stress already, uh, you know, seeing their loved one in that position. Mm. It's just so hard. And I, I understand where you're coming from to talk to somebody about it. I don't know. I always put it in the situation to say, well, you know, if you're just going out with your friends shopping and you have a car accident, you're ending up in the hospital and you can't talk to anybody. Your family is there and they need to know some information. What do you do? How mm -hmm. do you deal with that? How did the family know? And then they're going to think, well, yeah, maybe they should know. Yeah, whatever. But it's, it's just such a, yeah, it, it's a touchy subject. Very touchy. <laughs> Certainly sounds like it. And I, I think um, you, you hit on a very good point for younger people with young children to think about. You know, if both parents should die at the same time without wills, then the future of those children mm -hmm. is in huge, huge jeopardy if you haven't appointed guardians and made your wishes known. So that's, yeah, very good point. Yeah. So how, how many, yeah. if you were to look at the general population, how many, <clears throat> excuse me, what percentage should I say of the population are as prepared as you're talking about? And or are the vast majority totally unprepared? You know, I was just on a website the other day, and um, oh my gosh, where was it I was looking at? Uh, according to the Will of Canada, I guess, I was on that website to check out some information, and as of 2021, 60% of Canadians do not have a will. 60%. 60%. <laughs> and I have talked to doctors and ministers and people in high positions and when I asked them about it, they would lower their head and say, oh, my God, you know, I haven't even got mine done. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't understand, especially with the viruses that's out there today. And many people are in the hospital. I don't understand why there are not more people getting it done. Mm -hmm. Wow. It's, um, it's, it's kind of crazy. <laughs> that, is, that is high. You're right there. I, th I think... <laughs> People get complacent as well. You know, you'll hear from my accent. I, I haven't been in Canada all my life. I lived in Africa most of my life and in some, let's just say, politically unstable and fairly dangerous places. And the awareness that your life could end very soon was much more closer to one's mind there than it is here. And I would say most people had wills because of that, because they were seeing friends get killed suddenly, yes. unexpectedly. It, it really brought it home to us. So anyway, um, let's hope more people wake up. Yeah. You know what's surprising? I was just talking to a friend of mine today, and uh, she's uh, her husband was in the armed forces, and she said, "Mark, do you know as soon as somebody joins the army, from 17 years old and up, they automatically have their will done? Automatic. Yes, yes, that's correct. Yeah, interesting. So. Yeah, uh, Margaret, where where should a like if you were to instruct somebody as to where they should keep these documents. Do you, any, do you have any suggestions as to where someone should keep them in the home and who should they should share it with? I think they should share it with whatever family member they want to put in uh, charge of their assets or in charge of their um, inheritance or estate. Some people have a power of attorney. Some people have a, uh, you know, a, a special person that they talk, they've talked to about it. But here's what I do. I include this mm -hmm. with my just in case. It's a file folder. And I have yeah. all the personal documents will go together in one area. So everything to do with life insurance, medical insurances, passwords, 
you name it, put in one area. And um, like the executor is the person that has to take care of everything, make sure everything's taken care of. So if you appoint somebody in the executor position, let them know everything is in my just in case case. But now, make sure you keep it all together in one place. Right. Mm -hmm. And if somebody has agreed to be a power of attorney for someone, would you suggest that they get a copy of that document? Well, they could, but they don't have to. Like most of this stuff is, it's there. And if something happens, this is where it's, you know, go get it from there. I mean, I don't know if they really need to, but they could. I mean, it's up to the individual how how secure they are with their information to give it to, because I mean, things change constantly too. So that person that might be in power of attorney might change. So I would keep everything together in my kit and just Good say, point. if something happens, when something happens, go there. Okay. So then mm -hmm. Good yeah. one. And, and for the benefit of our audience who are listening to this on one of our audio channels, uh, what Margaret was talking about was a very, sturdy file folder that would hold a number of life assurance policies, uh, all your personal documents, will, etc., that can be securely closed. And it has a label on the front so that it's easily identifiable. And that's part of her kit. And she'll be talking a bit more about that later. So that was the benefit of people couldn't actually see it while you were holding it up. So <laughs> uh, what was I going to say? Um, in your, your, you have your kit. So are they completely legal or... And, could they be contested? I, I think the answer is anything can be contested. So that's superfluous. What's your experience? Correct. Anything can be contested. Um, I've never had any problems with my kits. I've talked mm. to people that have had them and have gone through the bank information, have gone through everything. There's never been a problem. Um, okay. Wills are, are, sometimes people say you can write them down on a piece of paper. As long as they're signed and witnessed, it's legal. This is a little more in-depth. It gives you a very simple put-together um, file that they can just um, fill in to whatever information is pertinent to them. So I made it very simple, and uh, there should be no issues with it. Good. Thanks, Mark. Quick one on, on executors. Um, does a, an executor have to have some legal backing to be appointed or not necessarily? I was the executive of my mother's estate. Very responsible job. Like you are responsible to make sure everything is taken care of. All of her wishes are done. All the bills are paid. Things are, you know, done that way. Um, the thing is, people don't realize too that if somebody passes away, your bank account could be automatically closed. Right. So then try to get into this account to pay for funeral costs or any other costs is very difficult. So that's right. why having a joint account is very important as well. So somebody can get into that account to pay for any uh, any bills that needs to be taken care of. Sure, sure. No, thank <clears> you, Zed. So can you explain what services you provide for your clients? Well, actually, uh, just giving them the will, uh, kits and everything. So like what I do, I can sit down with them, go over the details, how to go about filling things out. Mm -hmm. um, I provide provide a free copy of the will and power of attorney. It's a Canadian will and it's free. I provide a, um, a book, which in my book goes through my personal story and it goes into more in-depth details of all the things that people need to put in their just-in-case kits. 
as you say, it's like it's just registrations, vehicles, homes, mortgages, phone numbers, doctor's information. There's so much more that needs to be put together. So when somebody goes to your kit, it's all their passwords, online accounts, so many things. Uh, so I provide that. I provide forms for them to fill in as well that uh, can, you know, give all their uh, medical, uh, all their information, sorry, the wishes and instructions, how they want things done. Uh, so I include that. I include a medical information card. And I also include the kit that I showed you earlier or a uh, file folder to put everything in together, mm -hmm. to keep it all in one place. So you're not struggling, looking for all kinds of different things. So, yeah, so I provide that. Very good. I got to tell you, when we were talking about where to keep the documents, uh, I, there's an old lady from the church that I'm involved in and asked me to be an executive of her estate. And she has all the documents in a great big jar in the fridge because she was told that if you put it in the fridge and your house catches fire, it's not going to burn. So she thought that was a safe place to put it. And I said, no, not quite sure what the moisture may do if the fridge defrosts. But Some at least I, do that. I know where to find it. So. True. <laughs> interesting Some one. people put it in a safety deposit box. Yes. Also, good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, Margaret, here's another one. And because of my having family in many countries overseas, what special advice would you have for Canadians who, like me, have relatives overseas who may be elderly relatives who they might need to get involved with winding up their estates? Is there anything special they should think about? Keep your passports up to date. Mm -hmm. Always make sure your passports are up to date. Uh, some people have family members that uh, six months in Florida, whatever. But yes. when or if something should happen, they have to fly down to bring them back home. Make sure your passports are up to date. That's one of the things I really stress. Mm -hmm. good, good point. Good point. Right. And, and something that tied into that, if you have a case like me, for instance, where uh, I moved from one country to another and my will was originally made in the other country. Are wills transferable to different countries? Does it affect the legality of them or not? No, that's, that's a good question. Hmm. I'm not sure I can answer that one. Well, I can partly answer it myself. I've been told that because mine was very simple and straightforward, it would be valid in Canada. If it dealt with, for instance, the disposal of stocks and shares in a Canadian company, it might not be. And I might then be advised to get a new will done here. So it's something that people perhaps should think about and look at. Well, I know in uh, different provinces, things are different. So, yes. for instance, uh, the Canadian, like the will here and ours of attorney in Ontario could be different than down east or out west. Mm -hmm. So I have downloaded different copies from all over different provinces so that if there's an issue there, I can send them that the copy from, say, Newfoundland or out west. Right. <clears throat> right. I, I, know, I know from some another organization I'm involved with, the BC medical directive form giving you power to uh, have a say or influence your elderly relatives medical treatment is quite different to the one in Ontario. In fact, it, mm -hmm. it's it's unique. There isn't one in Ontario. As far as I know, you have to go power of attorney. Sorry, Kathleen, you were going to say something and I, no. as usual, jumped in ahead of you. I do apologize. Not at all, Peter. So one of the things I found very interesting is something you said earlier, Margaret, and that is common law spouses are not entitled to anything unless mm -hmm. they're specifically named in the will. 
Yes. That surprised me as well. Mm -hmm. I've heard stories um, over the years that um, somebody had passed away without a will and they were still married, but living common law with another spouse. Mm -hmm. And when that happened, apparently everything went to the first family and the second family, the common law family got nothing. Mm-hmm. So I've, that, I've heard that, that as well. Yeah. Right. Mm. So it's, yeah. again, it's protecting people. It's protecting your family, protecting your loved ones, and then making sure that they're going to get what uh, you want them to get. Sure. And it's, it's not just having the will. It's keeping it up to date as your circumstances change. Mm-hmm. That example yes. you've just given, for instance. Yeah. Right. Very yes. important. Yes. Well, Margaret, we're running low on time. How do people contact you? Well, I do have a website. It's just fairly new now. So it's uh, margarethigh.ca. And on my website, I, you know, it'll be my uh, phone number and my email address. Okay. And one thing I need to uh, actually reaffirm what you said earlier, keep a list of people's names and phone numbers, because that was so important. A friend mm-hmm. of mine passed away. And had he not done that, I wouldn't have known it, wouldn't been able to attend his funeral. So yep. that is an important yeah. thing as well. That's very great. good. Very good. Well, thank you so thank much you. for being on the show today, Margaret. I think this is uh, such important information. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking our audience will be happy to have uh, heard, heard your story too. And thank you all so very much for tuning in once again. And uh, we would love to hear from you. Peter and I would love to hear from you and have you on the show. So don't uh, hesitate to reach out. Until next time, everyone. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank, Thank you, you very Margaret. Much.